Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray you are well and that all manner of things are well and that you are trusting our Lord who loves you more than you could ever imagine, not because of all the good things you've done, not because of all the bad things you've done, but because he's a God of love and all you need to do to get loved is get in God's way. And all you need to do to be forgiven is also Come to God and tell him how sorry you are for having failed him so through your whole life or through what you did a minute ago. You are loved no matter what, but you will be forgiven instantly. He waits. He died on the cross to forgive us. And um, he's not going to decide what sin should be forgiven. Every sin can be forgiven. Every sin can be forgiven. Um, when one is continually obstinate and won't repent, uh, like Pharaoh in the Old Testament, then God eventually hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he remained in that state. That's a very frightening thing, to think that God would actually harden someone's heart, and they no longer have an opportunity to repent. <clears throat> that is, uh, that's scary, uh, to me anyway. It's scary because I want to be in heaven. Um, there's a little song I found on the internet, but I, I, I forget where I learned it, but it's, I guess, looked at as a children's song, and I learned it years ago, but I was surprised to find it on the internet just last week, sung by huge adult classical choirs, amazing, and it's um, heaven, maybe some of you know it, I won't, I won't trouble you by singing it, but heaven is a wonderful place, filled with glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. Heaven is a wonderful place. I want to be there. Do you know it? Heaven is a wonderful place. (laughs) See, I told you I wasn't going to sing with my little hoarse voice this morning, and I did. Um, It is a wonderful place. It's the presence of God forever. Not so much a place as... um, um, what I want to say, um, uh, a being you, you are in, you are with God, you are with God, uh, or you are without him forever. There's no such thing as annihilation. Uh, there's no in-between. It's either heaven or hell, and the choice is ours, and everyone can make that choice by the grace of God. Jesus said, whoever comes to me, I, I will not put him out. So... We had a question yesterday from Sharon, and I normally don't take questions during the first half hour, but Sharon's question had to do with illegal immigration. And I wanted to look up, before I answered that, what Thomas Aquinas says on immigration, because I've read this before, and it's, it's, it's quite good, and I think it's our answer as Catholics. So Sharon writes, <clears throat> and left this question in Facebook, 
um, mother, she says, I was T-boned by an illegal alien. I've had four surgeries so far with three more on the way. I am now permanently handicapped. Would you please discuss the issue of illegal immigration? Well, yes, but we should discuss how to drive too, right? (laughs) So I looked it up and there's an article titled, What Does St. Thomas Say About Immigration? And um, it's written by uh, John Horvath II, and he says, In looking at the debate over immigration, it is almost automatically assumed that the Church's position is one of unconditional charity toward those who enter the nation legally or illegally. Now, I don't assume that, Um you know, you think of a parent even raising a child with unconditional charity. They do have unconditional charity, unconditional love, but that doesn't stop them from punishing their child and correcting their child in order to raise him or her in a right way. <clears throat> and so John Horvath says, is this the case? What does the Bible say about immigration? What do church doctors and theologians say above all? What does the greatest of doctors, St. Thomas Aquinas, say about immigration? Does his opinion offer some insights to the burning issues now shaking the nation and blurring the national borders? And, of course, the answer is yes. And he goes on to say, immigration is a modern problem. Um, I I always think, beloved, of the Statue of Liberty. Uh, it, It breaks my heart, this whole immigration thing. It really breaks my heart. Um, I understand it. Uh, we we have to have some solution to it uh, without any question. But I think of the words of the Statue of Liberty, the, the poem or the song that was written for her, Give me your tired and your poor, your humble masses yearning to breathe, breathe free, um, the wretched tempest of your teeming shore. Um, I forget the words, I shouldn't... Um, but it's send the homeless, the helpless, uh, to us. It's it's she's out there welcoming all the homeless, all the uh, strangers, all the immigrants uh, of the world to come to this land of the home and the free. <clears throat> and what's heartbreaking is that um, the way, of course, immigration has been handled and the situation over many years is. Very, very difficult and and truly a negative for um, the immigrants and for the people of this country. But when you look at the country and you see the vast areas of land, unpopulated land, I'm not speaking of farmers, but so much land that could be lived and could be used. Um, But now I'm getting away from the topic. St. Thomas said this. Um, man's relations with foreigners are twofold, peaceful and hostile. And in, not that they should be, but they are. Uh, peaceful and hostile, and in directing both kinds of relation, the law contains suitable precepts. Okay. Um, you know, um, Let me just see. 
I think this is a this article by John Horvath. Uh, he comments after each um, statement of Saint Thomas, and I think I'd like to just read this straight. Uh, just Saint Thomas's uh, quotes at the moment. So the first thing is man's relations with foreigners are twofold, peaceful and hostile. And in directing both kinds of relation, the law contained suitable precepts. Um, St. Thomas says, For the Jews were offered three opportunities at peaceful relations with foreigners. First, now this is in the Old Testament. This is the God who is ours. Here is his um, take on immigration. First, when foreigners pass through their land as travelers, uh, that was the first opportunity when foreigners passed through their land as travelers. Secondly, when they came to dwell in their land as newcomers. And in both these respects, the law made kind provision in its precepts. For it is written in Exodus, Thou shalt not molest a stranger. And again, thou shalt not molest um, a stranger. The same thing uh, twice in Leviticus. I mean in Exodus. Thirdly, St. Thomas says, when any foreigners wished to be admitted entirely to their fellowship and mode of worship, with regard to these, a certain order was observed. Now, here again, thirdly, when any foreigners wished to be admitted entirely to their fellowship and mode of work, worship. Now, when... Um, those from other countries come across our borders, they're not looking to be um, admitted into our fellowship because it's not a fellowship, but in the Old Testament it was the people of God and they it was a fellowship. It was a whole people with a whole belief and a whole worship and a practice and laws and ways of worship and a person needed to be admitted into that fellowship and mode of worship. With regard to these, those who wanted to be admitted, a certain order was observed, for they were not at once admitted to citizenship, just as it was law with some nations that no one was deemed a citizen except after two or three generations. Generations, beloved, not years, not after a citizen test. Two or three generations they would be living, and then they were admitted to citizenship. Um, and St. Thomas says the reason for this was that if foreigners were allowed to meddle with the affairs of a nation as soon as they settled uh, down in its midst, many dangers might occur, since the foreigners, not yet having the common good firmly at heart, might attempt something hurtful to the people. You can apply all of this to the situation today and to those Uh, candidates for office who want illegal aliens uh, to be able to vote right away. It, It makes no sense, and it'll only be a path to destruction. So, beloved, there is, we're going to continue this right after the break, and after our second break, we'll take your calls, beloved. Um, and the number to call in, you'll have it in advance, is 1-877-511-5483, or you can email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
Many conversions come about after people tune in to Catholic Radio in the privacy of their own cars. Help give them this opportunity by displaying a Catholic Radio bumper magnet on your vehicle. We offer free bumper magnets to promote Catholic Radio so others will come to know our Lord through listening. For your free bumper magnets, click the Promote tab at the top of our website, thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Then click the Promote tab at the top of our website. Thank you for sharing Catholic Radio wherever your journeys take you. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations Thank you for helping to save the culture. Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved to Mother Miriam Live. We're right in the middle. Uh, Sharon had called in with a question on uh, illegal um, immigration uh, because she had been uh, severely hurt and permanently handicapped by um, uh, someone who was in our country illegally that T-boned her car and wanted to know what our thoughts were on immigration. And I thought (coughs) I would read the best doctor of the church 
And so we've been reading what St. Thomas Aquinas has said on immigration. And um, um, and let me just review uh, a couple of things. It's a very short article. Man's relations with foreigners are twofold, peaceful and hostile. And in directing both kinds of relation, the law contained suitable precepts. Um, okay, now... Um, let me just not reread all of this again. Hold on a minute. Sorry. Um, here, here he is. Nevertheless, St. Thomas says, it was possible by dispensation from man... No, I want to read that last point first. Um, you know what? I lost... I've got it back. I'm so sorry. St. Thomas says... Um, Okay, when any foreigners wish to be admitted entirely to the fellowship of the Jewish people, the Hebrew people in the Old Testament, um, they had to be admitted to their fellowship and mode of worship. And with regard to these, a certain order was observed, for they were not at once admitted to citizenship, just as it was law with some nations, that no one was deemed a citizen except after two or three generations. Um, You know, uh, to me, that makes sense. You could be allowed in the country uh, with um, under certain um, under a certain title and and provision and freedom to live as a citizen, but not to have the privileges of a citizen, not to vote and not to be named a citizen. It takes time to have the heart of, of a country, the heart of a nation to know if you want to live under its laws and obey. I think that's very good. And St. Thomas says the reason for this was that if foreigners were allowed to meddle with the affairs of a nation, and they meddle when they vote, so uh, for a for an illegal alien who is not a citizen to vote, um, I think is uh, is is not a good idea. Um. The reason for this was that if foreigners were allowed to meddle with the affairs of a nation, as soon as they settled down in its mists, many dangers might occur, since foreigners, not yet having the common good firmly at heart, might attempt something hurtful to the people. I could go to another country, let's say, and want to become a citizen. And so I take a test and I become a citizen and I vote. I don't think I should have that right. Because I don't yet, I I might uh, read some things and um, I, I might really know who to vote for, but but I think I have to first show that I have the heart of the country and that I'm a citizen. Um, of course, we have many citizens today who don't have the heart of the country at heart. Um, and St. Thomas says, nevertheless, it was possible by dispensation for a man to be admitted to citizenship on account of some act of virtue. And thus it is related in the book of Judith that Achior, the captain of the children of Ammon, was joined to the people of Israel with all the succession of his kindred because he was heroic. Um, let me just see if there's something else here from, um, I think... I think that's it. It's a very, we have much commentary on it, but um, uh, it is, um, it, it's quite a short article. So 
Um, so yes, on immigration, no question. But I think that um, there need to be uh, there needs to be a process. There needs to be laws and rules. And there's it's very very hard today. I'm not um, an authority speaking about this subject by any means, but I think we can share the heart that it's extremely difficult for people to um, all over the world to be genocide and um, it, what's going on all over the place, wars and um, Christians being beheaded and all kinds of things. It, it's how can we not receive them? And yet there's hundreds of thousands. There are millions. And uh, we want to take them, but I'm, I'm, I think if we did we would become like the countries they escaped. We wouldn't be protection for them. We wouldn't be a new life for them. We would be, uh, the entire country would be a refugee camp and need need aid. I'm, I'm, I'm not bringing out all the points here, but I think we do need order, and we do need a process of receiving people. I, I believe that. Um, I think in certain cases uh, we can and should make exceptions, but again, those have to be planned and provided for. Um, so I'm going to leave that because I haven't done a whole bunch of work on this. I have, I have my opinions, um, and um, I think, um, well, I could go on to tell you what I think about the wall and uh, our president's um, take on all this um i i'll I'll simply say that when there's order then we can receive people when there's no order we destroy our country and them okay um let me you know what i have already let me see if i can i've been reading to you on um about St. Francis de Sales, his golden counsels um, that are so, so wonderful. Let me just see if I can. The next one is confidence. Let me read at least one to you a day. Give you a little food for your day. It's so wonderful. On the subject of confidence, St. Francis said, it is very good to mistrust ourselves. You hear that? It is very good to mistrust ourselves. That's the opposite of what so many people would say. It is very good to mistrust ourselves, but what good will that do unless we place all our confidence in God and await his mercy? If you just don't trust yourself and you leave yourself open to um, the world and circumstance around you, you, you'll be doomed. So no, it works because all our trust, all our confidence is in God and we await his mercy. And even if we do not feel such confidence, we must not cease to make acts of confidence and say, quote, even though I have no feeling of confidence in you, Lord, I know that you are my God, that I am totally yours and have no hope except in your goodness. I know, beloved, you can say those things even if you don't feel them. Therefore, we could say, I abandon myself entirely into your hands. Can we not abandon ourselves into the hands of a God who died for us, 
who gave his all for us and never has stopped giving his all for us. It is always in our power, St. Francis says, it is always in our power to make these acts, and even if we have difficulty in doing so, still, it is not an impossibility. And it is on these three occasions and in these very difficulties that we give witness to our fidelity to God. A thousand times a day, cast your whole heart, your soul, your anxiety on God with great confidence and say with the psalmist, I am yours, Lord, save me. A thousand times a day. I am yours, Lord, save me. I am yours, Lord, save me. Jesus sent the apostles here and there without money, without staff, without shoes, um, and clothed in a single garment. Afterwards, he said to them, when I sent you away like this, did you lack anything? They answered, no. When you had troubles, even at those times when you had no confidence in God, did you perish in your affliction? And you will answer me, no. Why then should you lack the courage to overcome all other misfortunes? Hold on a moment. God has not abandoned you. So far, he has not. Why should he forsake you now, when more than ever you wish to belong to him? Do not fear future evil in this world. Do you hear that? In the midst of all we're going through, both within and without the church, St. Francis' words are forever. They're for us today. Do not fear future evil in this world, for perhaps it will never come. But in any event, or not come in our lifetimes, but in any event, if evil should come, God will strengthen you. If God commands you to walk upon the waves of the adversity, do not doubt, do not be afraid. God is with you. Have courage and you will be delivered. It is very fine to be aware of our misery and imperfection, but we must not stop there, nor fall into discouragement, but pick ourselves up by a holy confidence in God. I've said it many times, beloved, discouragement is the enemy's tool. It is a tool of the enemy. If you get discouraged because of your circumstances, because of things that have happened to you, because of what has not happened to you, because uh, of people who have turned from you, whatever it may be, it is from the devil. It's not from God. The circumstances didn't make you discouraged. The enemy took advantage of the circumstances to bring you into discouragement. The foundation of this rests in God and not in us because we change and God never changes. I often say that our misery is the throne of God's mercy. That's St. Francis de Sales. Our misery is the throne of God's mercy. There's the music for our break, beloved, and we will take your calls and texts and emails when we return. We had a caller yesterday that I wasn't able to take. Um, I pray that you'll be able to call in today. And our toll-free number to call or text 
1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. If you're new to iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download to your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community, connect with us through social media, and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. This is our half hour all to ourselves. So please feel free to call in with whatever's on your heart. It does not uh, ever have to be what we're speaking about, but what's on your heart. And you can call in at one 5483 or text at that number or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have a text from someone who writes in anonymously and says, Mother, please explain to organizations like the Catholic Association why we should not take government funding and subject our children to the government education system's common core and comprehensive sexual education. We need to enlighten our fellow Christians, and she says, or he says, praying the Blaine, B-L-A-I-N-E, amendment is upheld in the court and does not open up the voucher agenda that will suck all private and religious schools into the very system we must stay far away from. You're 100% right, 100% right. Common Core, I think most people, I was horrified that Catholic schools bought into it. 
public schools I could understand, but 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 Catholic schools who bought into it, uh, it anybody that bought into it, they didn't do their homework. It it the government way to dumb our children down. It's very bad. <clears throat> And I'm guessing it's still going, but most people have caught on and abolished or or abandoned Common Core. Um, Why should we not take government funding? Because it's always with strings. And you will not have the freedom to not uh, teach some of the things they demand, including the sexual comprehensive sex education. You know, I, I mentioned that our next newsletter... I hope I can do it. Um, I spent time yesterday researching the situation um, with um, homeschooling, but but um, how do I say, more than homeschooling, we have to get our children out of the public schools completely. Uh, it is absolutely... Um, it's dangerous. One one article's title is the most dangerous place in the world are public schools for children. Um, <clears throat> they will corrupt your children. They are corrupting your children. It's absolutely evil. And much uh, of what has gone on in the public school is now even being brought into Catholic schools. It's terrible. And there's a, a homeschooling program, so-called... Um, public schools realize, well, if parents are going to take their children out of school and and homeschool them, they'll just put together a homeschool program for free. So they did that. And there's a free homeschooling program offered by the public schools. And it's simply the public school curriculum at home. If they can't get your children ruined in school, then they'll ruin them at home. Um, We need to be aware of this. Um, and and here she says, praying the Blaine Amendment is a, they are praying the Blaine Amendment is upheld in the court and does not open up the voucher agenda. Again, that's a poll. We should never partake of a program because of its so-called benefits when we bring our children into evil. Um, and the Blaine Amendment, in in a short uh, a paragraph here, the Blaine Amendment was a failed amendment to the U.S. Constitution that would have prohibited direct government aid to educational institutions that have religious affiliation. Um, And 38 of the 50 states later adopted provisions of Blaine in their state constitutions. You see, and then they're obligated to some of this evil. So I'm doing work on it. I'm I'm hoping it will be our Easter uh, newsletter It'll, it'll have to be a very large newsletter. I, I don't need to decide what to put in there. I need to decide what to not put in there. There's there's so much. There's so much, beloved. But I will. Our Easter newsletter will be on homeschooling, and um, and the dangers of not homeschooling, and other. There are other options. There are wonderful private schools. Wonderful private schools. Um, uh, but you need to know that they are. You need to know their teachers are Catholic uh, and that the curriculum is Catholic. You need to know exactly what is taught. Um, okay. 
again, if if you wish to be to have that newsletter and you're not on our our normal mailing list, go ahead and go to our website www.motherofisraelshope.org. Click on newsletters toward the right, um, and um, you can just sign up right there and um, for regular mail uh, and or email. <clears throat> I always suggest regular mail. I know it's a little more expensive. Not for you. We don't charge anything just because of postage and printing. But um, I love people to get the print version because we usually include something in that package, which those who receive by email cannot have unless they call and ask for it. Okay. Um, we have a text from Jane who writes, Dearest Mother Mary... Excuse me. I wondered what your thoughts are on saying the traditional rosary versus the one with the luminous mysteries. I tend to prefer the original and ask if you know any audios that offer the same. My gratitude and blessings to you always. Thank you, Jane. You know, I, I struggle with this, Jane, because... Our Lady gave the original rosary, and if she wanted to include the luminous mysteries, of course she could have, and she didn't. And John Paul II, Saint John Paul II now, um, is the one who gave them to us. Um, He was very close to Our Lady, and uh, I cannot say they're not from Our Lady or not from God. They certainly are true, Um, and we pray them. But... um, it it it's been a little bit of a struggle. I know that that we added to what Our Lady gave us. Um, so, um, but again, I cannot say it's not from Our Lady for this time. I just don't know. So, it's fine to pray with the luminous mysteries, and as I say, we do that here. If you prefer the original, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, if yes, I do know of an audio that offers the original traditional rosary. Um, oh, I, I, I'll have to look it up on the next break. It'll be our last break. It's Matthew Arnold. Matthew Arnold. And um, he has a beautiful uh, CD set on the rosary, the traditional uh, three mysteries. It's very beautiful, and I recommend it. And during the break, I will look it up to... Um, it's on the tip of my tongue, his apostolate, and I just can't think of it at the moment. But I have it, and it's wonderful, so I'll, I'll let you know right after the break. We have an email from Amir. Dear Mother Miriam, I'm originally from San Diego, and I just finished a master's um, focusing in international economics last year. I had done an internship in Japan in 2018 and was offered a position so I decided to take a chance and come. <clears throat> I've really enjoyed my time here. It sounds like he's, he's emailing from Japan. But I definitely want to go back once my contract ends in August or September, since I think I would grow much more professionally in the U.S. than here. I'm doing what I humanly can do to prepare for a difficult role, preferably in Seattle. But I could use your prayers as I continue my job search, um, the more pressing issue I have is the following. I've gotten to make a couple of friends at my company housing. Most are relatively new hires, 
from a range of different companies. I really like them, but sometimes I get hit with the urgency of prayer and the importance of bringing people to Christ while there is still time. Well, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, He says, a little over a week ago, I went out to dinner with two Japanese friends from my dorm, and in the middle of conversation, one of them brought up a stream of impure topics. In the moment, I prayed for guidance and considered it probably wasn't prudent to say more at this time. And it's also a bit difficult with the language barrier. What I did end up saying was that that kind of behavior is dangerous. I went back and forth in my mind over whether I should have said more, and I brought it up in confession. But I've been praying for him nonstop since then and don't want to push him aside as a friend at all. While I know his actions have been have devastating consequences beyond myself, I really just wanted him to learn that he's meant for so much more. He made it clear how he doubts his own value, and it was heart-wrenching to hear how he flings himself farther and farther away from a God who doesn't want to condemn him. God won't condemn him. We condemn ourselves if we turn from God. I have a very special intention for Lent. Please pray for him and share any advice you have. God bless you, Mother. Well, I tell you, um, it sounds that maybe God brought you to Japan and allowed you to earn the masters and do the work you're doing, maybe for this one life, maybe for the salvation of this one life. So I would say you must not keep silent. You must. You can say to him, that's dangerous. That kind of behavior is dangerous if it if it'll fit into his vocabulary, you could do that. Um, I would just straight out say to him, I'm Catholic. And so um, for me, I look at everything through God's perspective and God's law. And God tells us, so you're you're not telling him, God tells us that that is very dangerous, very immortal, a more immoral Um, and very sinful, and very dangerous to your soul. And especially um, if you, um, let's see, you want him to know he's, he's meant for much more, and you can begin to speak to him about what God has done in your life, um, and that he doubts his own value, uh, then it's a perfect opening for you to tell him about God. So I wouldn't keep quiet. I'd go out to lunch again one day, and I would, um, um, and I would simply say, you know, I wanted so much to to say this to you when we were together last time, or at least I think you're in the same dorm. But I I uh, I just wanted to hear what you were saying, and I didn't want to just jump on your situation, but but. Uh, I am very concerned for you, and, and I want you to know, if you don't know, that I'm a Catholic, and I think God's law and his plan for our life is so much more beautiful. Okay. Uh, we have a text from um, Elaine, and Elaine says, <clears throat> I just read that at some point in the 1500s, Clement of Alexandria was decanonized from the list of Catholic saints. 
I always thought that once a person was canonized, the church was declaring infallibly that such a person was in heaven and able to intercede on our behalf with the Father. How is it possible for a saint to later be declared not a saint? Well, I don't know the situation with Clement of Alexandria, Elaine, but um, because a saint is removed from the list, uh, it doesn't mean he's decanonized. It may be we have too many saints. In fact, um, St. Christopher was, was taken off a list at one point, and we still pray to him. It doesn't mean he's not a saint. If you look up saints for every day, you're going to find about 20 saints for every single day of the year. But we pick one out. And so that may happen with Clement of Alexandria, but I don't know. I'd have to look that up. There's the music for our break, beloved. Um, And we'll be right back. Users of iCatholic Radio are leaving inspiring reviews in the iTunes and Google Play stores. Margie says, My go-to app. I love this channel. I can listen while busy around the house or driving in the car. I love the variety of programs. Keep up the good work. Michaela from New Zealand says, I love this app. I have it on Bluetooth and my car radio and listen to it all day, every day, and am encouraged in my Catholic faith. I would recommend this to the world, whether Christian or not, because it speaks to all people to become better people. I am now a huge follower of the American Catholic way of life, because it's very similar to the way I was brought up in Fiji. The priests on the station are very straightforward, but are very understanding toward the audience at the same time. Love it, love it, love it. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, we'd love to hear from you. Visit our page at the iTunes or Google Play Store. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations Thank you for helping to save the culture. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. 
Um, and this is our last section, and you are welcome to call in or email with anything on your heart, beloved. Again, it's one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. I'm going to take a quick call from Nellie in Ottawa. Are you there, Nellie? I think not. Okay. Uh, Nellie, we'll speak with you if you can call in again tomorrow. Uh, we'll speak with you tomorrow. Um, we have a, a question on Facebook from Marie. Uh, it says, who says, at what point and with what words during the liturgy of the Eucharist are the bread and wine transubstantiated into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus? I ask because I strongly desire at that moment to wholeheartedly pray, my Lord and my God. Um, okay. Um, welcome and thank you. My goodness, I... Um, I, I think uh, what, I've, what I've understood, Marie, I may not be 100% right, is that um, do this, Jesus said, do this in memory of me, and that the word do, um, I forget, it's, or I heard a tape on this too long ago for me to talk uh, well about it, but I believe um, that's when the uh, transubstantiation takes place. Um, do this in memory of me. And um, um, let me just say, at the Last Supper, when Jesus held bread, matzah and leavened bread in his hand, and he said, this is my body, and then he, the chalice, this is my blood, bread and wine obeyed him. And when the priest in persona Christi says, this is my body, that I think that may be, I, not just do this, but this is my body, this is my blood, that that would be uh, the moment of transubstantiation because at that moment, if our faith could, if our eyes could see what our faith understands, um, we wouldn't see the priest, we would see Christ because he is the high priest and he is the victim. And um, the priest that helped me into the church said the priest does his most important work when he's not himself. And that is in the consecration. When he says, this is my body, this is my blood, and then follows it, do this in remembrance of me. I think that is the moment um, uh, when the the bread and wine are changed into the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord. Um, forgive me if I've not been totally correct in that response, but um, I think that's that's the, the point of transubstantiation. Um, okay, we're going to go on to uh, Ray who sent an email, I am on our parish council in a mid-sized city parish, and we have a sense that the life of the parish has become stagnant. In our discussions about how to spiritually revive the parish, there has been a lot of talk about creating new formation groups, doing more community outreach, that sort of thing. That's all very good. These all sound like good things, and I'm not saying that we should not do them, but I feel that the life of the parish begins with Sunday worship and grows from there. Where do you think the process of parish renewal should be focused? Well, I think it's all, the whole thing. I think it's all Ray. I think that it, it, the priest is is the main um, focus in, in terms of his own uh, 
ministry of being a priest, his own calling of being a priest, he must teach the faith, not give jokes during the homily, not walk all over the place, not um, try to be popular. If you have a serious, holy, orthodox, teaching priest, I I want to tell you that 90%, uh, more than that, more than 90% of the homilies I hear are all focused on the people, all application, how we should live, what we should do. They're all good and correct, but they leave us empty uh, because people need a motivation to do those things. And if they know their faith and the priest teaches the faith, then the application can be the last three minutes. But priests need to teach. I think that's absolutely number one. Sunday worship with a very, as you say, with a very, very reverent Mass and with a priest who will teach the faith. And then you can form, uh, before you go out and reach out to the neighborhood, you need to form little groups. Your, your people should be alive, should know the faith. If you form little groups and you have a teaching uh, priest um, and a holy priest and a holy Mass, and you form little groups as well, um, you won't be able to stop anyone from inviting people to church and reaching out to their friends, and the parish will grow. We have a text from Mary who says, I have never been to a Latin Mass, but I have met more and more people who say they attend a Latin Mass regularly. I was wondering your opinion on what the appeal of the Latin Mass might be and whether this is a positive trend. Mary, dear one, you could not have a more positive trend. It's absolutely positive. In fact, we just sent out an email mailing yesterday. Those who are on our email list, uh, you would have received it. And those who are not, you can get on our email list by going to our website or just click on our website, www motherofisraelshope.org, and you will see that email mailing on our homepage. You won't have to look for it. And there's two things I put in that email mailing. First, uh, the Sacred Liturgy Conference in June in Spokane, Washington, which is going to be a magnificent conference with Cardinal Gerhard Mueller and um, many good speakers, and I'm privileged to be among them, and that'll be in June, June 9th to 12th. But I put that together with a magnificent, Mary, a magnificent uh, video of the Latin Mass. Uh, And I explained that for a year before I was Catholic, I went to sleep with a cassette in my ear of the Latin Mass narrated by Bishop Fulton Sheen. And I was not Catholic. I was an evangelical Protestant from a Jewish background. I was trying to save Catholics. But I I, I came across that cassette tape. Didn't even have CDs yet. And, um, and I listened to it for a year. And I had never heard such beauty in my life. And I began to hope that the Latin Mass, not Latin, I didn't know anything about Novus Ordo. I just hoped that the church was what that beauty claimed it to be. And just a couple of days ago, I actually found that cassette on video. It's a 1940 Latin Mass that was put on a cassette tape for the audio. And all I knew was the audio. And I found it on the internet, beloved. 
and I put it up on our website, and I want and I titled it "Heaven Come to Earth." I tell you, you've not been to a Latin Mass. You might not like this. You may it may be too strange for you, but go to motherofisraelshope.org and look on our homepage, and uh, for the first um, uh, entry you see there. And the title is Heaven Come to Earth. And just scroll down and you'll see a black and white video of, to me, what is Heaven Come to Earth, a Latin Mass. Why, uh, my opinion, um, let's see now, why they say, why, uh, let's see, met more people go Latin, wondering your opinion, what the appeal is. It's, it's reverence. It's heaven. It's holiness. It really portrays what is happening. Heaven coming to earth. God coming into our midst. And it's extremely reverent. And um, uh, see what you think yourself and then call and let me know. There's our ending music, beloved. Um, We will be back with you tomorrow. And um, I think there was something I had to do more work on. But God bless you all. And um, we'll see you tomorrow.